Again, you're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. Rolling Hills Radio with Ken Hartley, episode number 92, is coming to Shawbox on Monday night, November the 25th, featuring the Ramsey Sisters as well as acclaimed folk singer and songwriter Garnett Rogers. Garnett began his professional music career as a full-time working musician in the early 1970s with his older brother Stan, a noted and well-respected folk musician of his time and beyond. Together they formed what has come to be accepted as one of the most influential acts in North American folk music. After Stan's 1983 death in a tragic airplane accident, Garnett embarked on his own solo career, and he's been doing it ever since. We had the opportunity to talk with Garnett, and we will share that interview with you in just a moment. But first, we'll play one of his tracks, and this is from the 2002 album entitled All That Is, The Songs of Garnett Rogers. It is the title track of that album, All That Is, and here it is for you on Arts on Fire. Who can tell when in love you'll finally fall Some live in vain and never love at all But as lightning strikes or as a small insistent voice If we are blessed we will hear and heed the call Give your love and never count the cost Lose your heart and never call it lost May your love be your shelter to the ending of your days Love is all that is, all that ever was May your love grow strong and always kind May your hearts grow forevermore entwined In the brightest day or in the stillness of the night May it be each other's hand you seek and find Give your love and never count the cost Lose your heart, never call it love May your love be your shelter to the ending of your days. Love is all that is and all that ever was. Nevermore to be alone Ever closer you have grown Forever now may no distance come between And in each other's loving heart you find your home Give your love and never count the cost Lose your heart and Never call it lost May your love be your shelter To the ending of your days Love is all that is And all that ever was Give your love 
cost Lose your heart and never call it lost May your love be a shelter to the ending of your days Love is all that is, all that ever was And again, you're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. Jason Sample in the studio with you. We have a guest joining us via telephone. We have musician Garnett Rogers on the phone with us. He'll be in Jamestown on Monday night for Rolling Hills Radio with Ken Hardley. Garnett will be joined by the Ramsey Sisters for that evening's performance. And to learn more about that and his music, he's joining us via telephone. Garnett, thanks for taking time out and talking with us today. Oh, happy to... uh... I live on a farm. I'm happy to talk to anybody it's some days. <laughs> right. Where, 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 whereabouts is your farm located? Uh, we're outside of Brantford, Ontario. We're on a dirt road, so it's fairly rural. Right on. Well, you're right about in our neck of the woods as far as uh, North America goes, so your, your weather is probably a lot like ours at this point. Yeah, windy and chilly right now. Same here, same here. Uh, well, it's that time of year, I suppose. Um, we're excited to have you coming to Jamestown for Rolling Hills Radio. You're a very well-known and uh, appreciated uh, folk musician. You've been around for quite a while, spanning uh, nearly four decades now. And you just want to let our listeners know <laughs> yeah. a, a little more about you. you, you that's uh, Hopefully that's a compliment. I, I didn't mean to say a slight, but... Oh, been... I'm older than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So so uh, what have you been doing the past few months? Have you been on tour or staying close to home? Uh, mostly staying close to home. I, I'm touring a lot less these days. Uh, I had 35 years of... Uh, well, actually even more. Since 1972, uh, when I started doing this. Uh, you know, and sometimes on the road for, you know, 250 days a year. Uh and it just after a while uh it just doesn't feel that alluring anymore you know that i mean i love doing the shows I, I i really particularly you know in the last 10 years i've had more and more fun doing shows than ever you know it, it's it feels like it's my i don't know my happy place or my safe place i get on stage and it's like oh this is what i've been working for all day you know but it's it's the other stuff it's the driving the hotels the restaurant food and you know just all the stuff involved in in getting to where you know getting to seven o'clock or eight o'clock whenever the show starts and and you know it really starts to grind you down as you get older so uh you know i'm I'm being a little more selective and i'm i've I've sort of pulled in the boundaries of where i tour anymore i'm not going uh farther west than the mississippi river anymore and uh so i'm sort of between sort of mid-continent and the east coast now i don't go on the west coast anymore at all Right on. But I would assume you're still busy in terms of music. Obviously, you're not out playing in front of groups of people as much as you used to, but are, are you still working at your craft and your music and songwriting? Oh, yeah. I, I play every day. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just fooling around with stuff. And, you know, some, you know it's, it's it's annoying at times. I woke up at about 5 o'clock this morning with some little tune and a, a verse going through my head. And I thought, oh, man, do I have, now do I have to get up and write this? down geez i guess i gotta you know and uh you know if you're if you're serious about it or if you're at least you know a good if you're if you're a good little folk singer you get up in the middle of the night and you write the stuff down and then you go back to bed and maybe try to work on it in the morning if you can remember it right yeah but uh, i just released a a live album uh, about three weeks ago uh i was working with uh uh last year working with a very dear old friend from scotland uh, archie fisher and um he was—he's sort of um, 
legendary status, certainly over there in, in Scotland and in Europe. He's uh, an extraordinary guitar player and uh, really hugely influential to people like uh, you know Bert Yanch and Jimmy Page and anyone else who is interested in differently tuned guitars. So uh, we just released that about three weeks ago, and it's 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 great to have it out. It was kind of a a nice document of our of our last tour together. Did that live album contain mostly your original music? Or is there familiar? Um, I shouldn't say familiar, but uh, covers that go out beyond what what you have written. Uh, I did a couple of songs uh, from friends of mine. Uh, one, a fellow named uh, David Massengill, who's been around for a while. He's part of the he's been part of the New York. Uh, Greenwich Village folk scene for decades. That's mm-hmm. um, a song called "My Name Joe." It's a, it's about uh, a Vietnamese or a, a, Thai, a Thai immigrant working in a kitchen in New York City, and uh, the immigration uh, gets called on him. And it, he wrote it about thirty years ago. It's still pretty damn relevant. And I also uh, did a song by my friend Natalia Zuckerman, who uh, also lives in New York, and. Um, but the rest of it is just uh, stuff that I've written and stuff that Archie's written. It's, uh, it's a nice mix of, of uh, just bits and pieces of things that we do. How, do. how does that process work out for you when it comes to songwriting? You mentioned earlier that oftentimes you might wake up in the middle of the night or early in the morning and, and you got to strike when the iron's hot, so to speak, and, and try to get that, um, that song down before you forget about it. But I can't imagine that's the only way you go about the process of, of writing a new song. Yeah, it's not the only way. I don't have a, a firm, uh, worked-out method. I um, sometimes it is just like you know, it's like making a lightning sandwich. You know, you stand out on a hill and wait for the lightning to strike, but you've got to have your two pieces of bread ready uh, and grab it. Um, but you know, sometimes I'll, uh, I'll just you know, I'll be writing down little phrases as they occur to me. Like you know, mornings. Every morning, I spend uh, about an hour doing. Uh, work. Uh, my wife and I raise horses up here, and um, so there's a, a always a good hour sort of out in the fresh air and charging around and getting covered in mud and manure and uh, wrestling animals, and sometimes a phrase will come to you, and you you know, you know get out your pen and your, your notebook and write it down, and, and uh, you forget about it, and then Sometimes a, a year later, I'll just sort of go through my notebooks and think, oh, I guess that's what was on my mind. And then you realize you've got a song, just all these little bits and pieces, and you kind of throw them in the pot and stir them around, and they come out, and you've got something uh, that hangs together. Uh, but that's, you know, there's there's no real one way that I do it. I, I, I've i got, uh, I just kind of, I don't know where they come from sometimes. And again, we're talking with Garnett Rogers. He's coming to Jamestown on Monday night for Rolling Hills Radio with Ken Hardley. So, so staying with uh, writing music, have you always focused on similar themes, or do you have you seen it evolve and change uh, over your forty plus years of performing? Uh, the last couple of albums seem to be um, mostly me kind of examining the molecule. You know, like I, I because I spend so much time in the outdoors and. You know, we have a we live in a beautiful part of the world here. It's all kind of rolling hills and and valleys and a river and uh, you know, it's, it's more of celebratory. Some of the songs, uh, you know, just looking at something and you know, maybe meditating on how how lovely it is. And um, I was a bit more topical back in the old days. Uh, uh, you know, I still am 
pretty political and and you know involved in politics. But I, you know, I um, either side of the border, I've I've realized that people they don't necessarily want to uh, face that when they come to a show. They they're actually coming out to get away from the TV. They want to get away from the constant twenty four hour news crawl. So mostly, uh, what I tend to write and perform is just stuff that, um, as I say, sort of, it just relates to people's lives and, and sometimes, you know, age issues and, and a sense of loss or a sense of celebration and, or a sense of loss mingled with a sense of celebration, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm writing older man, uh, material now rather than the stuff that I wrote when I was young, which was louder and bigger and angrier and, uh, had, had more of a, um, a drive to it. I'm, I'm not trying to beat people over the head anymore. Right on. So, so what can people expect when they see you in Jamestown? Will you play some of that that older stuff that was a little bit louder and angrier, or, or can we see uh, more of this um, reflective style of music that you've been working on in, in recent years? Well, probably the latter, but you know, I, I never know because uh, I don't have a set show. I just kind of, um, I usually spend the hour before the show hanging out with people in the in the audience just like i don't go to the dressing room if there is a dressing room i don't hide away i'm just kind of hanging around and you kind of suss out the room and see what people are feeling like and and then i kind of just go up and you know i've got i usually have five or six different guitars with me and i'll you know they're all in different tunings and i'll just kind of randomly reach out and say well okay i'll play this one and and see where it takes me and uh the audience kind of directs the material if if I uh, if they if they seem more serious, then I play more serious. If they want to have a laugh, then you know there's a lot of laughter. And the um, I also do a lot of like storytelling in between the songs, you know, mostly just poking fun at myself and and just how incredibly awkward I can be in in you know in my own little world. And um, uh, it's supposed to be a it's supposed to be a fun night out. It's I'm I'm always looking just to laugh with people. So uh, and as, as opposed to laugh at them. So we're just we're just you know it's just a bunch of people in a room hanging out together, and I'm playing the songs, and it's it's I enjoy it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I've watched some of the videos on YouTube, and it seems as though the the audience is really receptive to uh, especially your storytelling in between songs, as you noted, where where you can go on for several minutes. Uh, playing the same two or three chords and and just building up to the beginning of the song. In the meantime, you're telling a an anecdotal story, and and oftentimes you'll hear a chuckle or a laugh, and uh, sometimes it might be uh, a dry sense of humor, but people still pick up on it. I, I got the, I got the impression that you're not up there to uh, get a lot of yucks from people, but still that humor finds a way through when you're telling these stories and, and the audience does seem to appreciate it a lot. At least that's what I picked up from the limited videos I, I saw online that you have. Yeah, I'm mostly just, you know, I'm I'm sort of throwing stuff out there and I'm letting the audience do their do the work for me. Like, you know, if they get the joke then great, they laugh. Uh I'm not waving a flag and saying, "Hey, hey, hey, this is funny." <laughs> right. Um you know, um but I've always really liked telling stories and I released a book 3 years ago. I did a, a memoir of the 10 years I was on the road with my brother Stan and um it was over 700 pages of basically um Bad gigs, bad agents, uh, police chases, uh, bad drugs, you know, alcohol, bad drug deals. <laughs> you know, 
all the stuff that you did in the seventies if you were in a band with a, a couple of other uh losers who couldn't get employment anywhere else and uh um it was awful to live through but uh god it was fun to write about i i spent eight months in my chair just madly typing away and and giggling to myself and my wife would be sitting across the room from me in the evening and and i'd be sort of giggling and she'd say you know oh, oh god what do you what have you written now and i'd, I'd read it to her and she oh god you can't write that and yeah, I think I'm gonna. <laughs> so, anyway, it's it's a it was a it was a lot of fun and and it's I've I've I've, I've published it and it's uh, people seem to be liking it. It's uh, 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 it, it was great to get the story out there. I I actually missed doing it. I think I'm probably gonna start work on another book sometime over the winter, mm-hmm. uh, a different direction maybe. But uh, that's that's been kind of occupying my mind a lot. Well, what a way to preserve your brother's memory to, um, you know, passed away untimely back in the early 80s. And, and and obviously, that had a huge impact on not only your personal life, but I would imagine your professional life as well. Did you make a transition at that point when you sort of embarked on this solo career after spending so much time performing out with your brother for, for um, you know, yeah, going I on was, 10 I mean, years? I, was the, I arranged, I helped arrange his songs. I was, you know, I played violin and viola and stuff and guitars, electric and acoustic and you know, and saying harmony, I was kind of the the, the core of the backup band. Uh, but um, you know, after he died in '83, it was kind of well, what do I do now? Um, so I had to move two paces to the left of the stage and stand on the center and uh, take charge of things. And it was a it was a really steep learning curve uh, because I. I didn't want to do his music anymore. I didn't want to go out there and do a tribute to him because uh, that just would have been depressing as hell. Um, I needed to find something of my own to do, and uh, it took me a while to to do that, but I did. And uh, um, uh, there was a tremendous amount of work. It was just you know touring and touring and touring all the time, and uh, you know dealing with the aftermath of his of his death and and people's reactions to it and uh you know it took me about uh, probably 10 years to to feel like i had my feet back under me again and in the meantime i'd you know i'd run into serious problems with alcohol so uh you know i i managed to quit drinking in 1988 uh but during you know the five years previous to that it was awful you know and i was i was working terrifying hours you know traveling all over north america uh but i was basically a you know highly functioning alcoholic and uh i finally just ended up having to uh detox in a motel room you know and and it's you know i 72 hours in a motel room uh sweating it out and then i you know i came out of that and thought, okay well i'm not doing that anymore and i i haven't had a drink since 1988 um but it was a, it was like that was just part of my learning curve, uh, becoming a solo performer and uh, occasional band leader myself. Well, you've done a wonderful job over the years, uh, uh, coping with your loss as well as uh, adjusting to oh, uh, sobriety. You. So I'm sure a lot of your fans uh, appreciate the efforts that and steps you took uh, to get to the place you're at now, and and the music world's a better place because of it. So. Uh, Thanks. Well, Thank- I had huge support. I had, and I, there was a community, and that was what drew me back to it. Was was the, you know, it, it's not an audience. I feel like I'm playing in front of. It's my community. These are my, you know, uh, these are the people in my village, 
uh, regardless of where I am on the continent. This is my village, and you know that's that's what I didn't want to leave behind. So uh, here I am. I'm I'm an elder now in the village. And the village or city of Jamestown is very much looking forward to being part of your village uh, when you perform on Monday night as part of Rolling Hills Radio. We really do appreciate you uh, making the trip oh, down I'm looking here. Looking forward to it. I haven't been to Jamestown in. Let me think. Since 1976, goodness, uh, my brother Stan and I played there. No kidding. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, places to play here back back, and there still is uh, plenty nowadays, but not nearly as much as it was back. You know, and, and that that decade in that era um, when when it really yeah, seemed like every the two corner. Of us were together, and it was it was winter, and we were sort of terrified of being out on the road. Uh, but we were also just excited as hell. Oh my God, we're in America. You know, and and uh, I, I really remember the night quite vividly. Actually, I just can't remember what what the gig was. Maybe somebody in the audience will uh, perhaps have been there to see you perform back in the uh, the seventies, and they can help refresh your memory. We'll we'll have to wait well, and see. Well, that'd be great. Yeah, right on. All, all I mostly remember is we we got to some bar uh, after the gig, and we were starving. They didn't have any food in the bar, but uh, the bartender allowed us to order a pizza into the into the uh, bar. So we sat there for a couple of hours uh, drinking beer and eating pizza with the bartender. It was a pretty, it was actually a pretty nice time. Yeah, that's somewhat indicative of the people in Jamestown. You know, very very uh, welcoming and, and and warm and able to let you come in and and do what you got to do, regardless of uh, whether they serve food or not. So. Yeah, I felt like it. Yeah, good good stuff. Uh, we're running short on time, Garnett. I, I do urge everyone to uh, get their tickets if they haven't already for Rolling Hills Radio. Of course, the Ramsey sisters, Mary Ramsey from 10,000 Maniacs, and her sister will be performing along with you on the stage on uh, Monday night. Um, where can people go if they want to learn more about you and your music and pick up that new live CD you were talking about earlier? Oh, uh, like everyone else, I've got a website. It's uh, GarnetRogers.com, and uh, you can go and uh, see live music and hear cuts off of all the albums and you can read portions of the of the memoir and uh, i'll have cds and books with me when i bring when i come along um so uh you know it's just you know the usual thing garnetrogers.com on uh, the interweb very good anything else you want to add no, that's, I think you've uh, covered everything. That's great. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking time out to talk with us. I, I know you're busy out there on, on the farm, so thank you so much for taking time out on this uh, Friday to uh, talk with us and safe yeah, travels. I've got, go and, uh, I've got to go out and feed a bucket of milk to an orphan colt we have here, so uh, that's my next job. Well, <laughs> good luck with that. Safe travels, and we will see you on uh, Monday night here in uh, Jamestown. Garnett Rogers, thanks for talking with us today on Arts on Fire. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it.